Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia F. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from San Francisco Bay. Today is Thursday, April 5th, 2018, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 47, which is the fourth last paragraph on page 47. And it starts with, besides a seeming inability to accept much on faith, and we're going to read one paragraph only, a chock full paragraph. Today's readers are P.S. on the 12 Steps, Sherry K.B. on the 12 Traditions. Readers of the text are Elaine T., Robin Joe B., and Marie J., and I will be greeting the newcomers after the recorded part of the meeting. The reference number or the share ID for Wednesday, April 4th, 10 a.m. is 11,250, 11,250. And the share ID for this morning's meeting, Thursday, April 5th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 11,251, 11,251. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Pia S. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Pia? Yeah, thank you. Good morning, Celia. Thank you for your service. And thank you, everyone on the line. This is Pia S. in South Florida. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Here are always 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. <clears throat> Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result <clears throat> of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for 
giving me the opportunity to do the service, and I'll pass. Thank you, Pia S. I will now ask Sherry KB to read the 12 traditions. Sherry? Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Sherry KB. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing a topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 47. We're on the fourth paragraph, which is the last paragraph and the last sentence on that page. Beside the seemingly inability to accept much on faith. And I am going to read, uh, ask Elaine T. to begin our reading. And Elaine started one to unmute. This is Elaine T. Can you hear me now? I can. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Um, again, Elaine T., compulsive oh, overeater, recovered thus for today. Besides a seeming inability to accept much on faith, we often found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. Many of us have been so touchy that even casual reference to spiritual things made us bristle with antagonism, 
This sort of thinking had to be abandoned. Though some of us resisted, we found no great difficulty in casting aside such feelings. Faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we had tried to be on other questions. In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. Sometimes this was a tedious process. We hope no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. Well, I can certainly relate to um, a seeming inability to accept much on faith. Um, I forget what state is the show me state, but I should have been born there. Um, we often found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. That was true for me for everything, including um, faith. I, um, and to some degree still is, I'm sad to say, but I laugh because I realize, you know, I'm human and God is helping me. Um, I'm grateful that at some point someone convinced me that even though I believed that there was a God and that the characteristics of that God were the characteristics I got in school as a child, that um, that might not be correct. Surprise, surprise. I had perceived those characteristics as twistedly as I had perceived everything else in my life. And I was able to start looking for the characteristics that I saw, which were so wonderful that I was drawn to this higher power who um, is everything I could ask for and more so because he has never abandoned me even when I abandoned him. And I say he, but I went through periods of she, it, um, and if you put those two together, it's a joke. But um, I... I even rewrote words in my books and blah, blah, blah. Finally, though, I'm able to accept this higher power, this God, this mysterious creator of the universe who also created me, who has a reason for my being, who helps me to use his um, gifts and, and also helps me to try to get rid of some of the sensitiveness, unreasoning prejudice, and obstinacy, which I have in abundance. And I pray that no one else has to face those um, persuaders um, as, for as long as I have. I've been in this program mm-hmm. since 1993, and I'm two and a half years in um, what I hope is real recovery. And um, it seems like it, it feels like it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Elaine. Um, so we're reading on page 47, last sentence on the page. It's the last, besides the sinning, inability to accept much on faith. And I'll take a list of names. Miranda. Marie J. Uh, so oh. out of that little pile on, I got Marie J. Who else just got in Wendy there? Wendy I got Wendy, Wendy M. Marin okay. K. I have Marin K. So I have Marie J, Wendy M, Marin K, and I missed everyone else. Who else did I have in there? It was a bit of a pile on. Nobody wants Miranda. to come back? Okay, Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Miranda, what's your uh, initial of your last name? Well, we'll get it when she gets on. Anybody else want to share this morning? 
Okay. We've got Marie J, Wendy M, Marin K, and Miranda. Marie, if you want to start us off, and then Wendy, you'll follow. Thanks, Sylvia. Can you hear me? I can. Great. Thank you. This is Marie J, recovered in Colorado. So, so happy and grateful to be here. Um, boy, just I love the word abstinence. You know, abstinence around spiritual matters, that is just something I connect to. You know, first I had to get over my wholesale condemnation of religious people, of churches, even the word God in my big book. You know, I had so much certainty and self-righteousness and judgment of them, those people out there, you know, quote them, they are all wrong. And it took a lot of time and it took a lot of meditation and surrendering everything I thought I knew and asking higher power to just be a presence in my life and show me what the truth is. And over time, I really begun to see, and I still see every day, how obstinate and prejudiced I can be. And I have to constantly be asking for this to be removed and for the truth to be revealed. I don't know anything. I just don't know. I don't know. I can't explain it. And I just have to always be ready for the truth to be revealed. And this all came by being abstinent, following a food plan, and working the steps as outlined in this book. But I had to get out of the food because I had to get the mental clarity. You know, I had to get my head and body out of obsession and bad food behavior in order to be able to see clearly. And you know, the, next, the next chapter, the first paragraph of the next chapter and how it works says, you know, we have to be honest. It says it three times in that first paragraph. But I don't want to be honest. I don't want to know the truth. I don't want to tell the truth myself or, or you when I'm in my disease. I don't want to be honest about my part. I don't want to be honest about my food. I just want to be right and selfish and obstinate when I'm in my disease. And so every day I have to work these steps and I have to stay connected to God's will. I have to stay out of my selfishness and self-seeking, my human nature to go toward these tendencies. And really it's simple and I want to complicate it. But it's simple. Stay out of the food. Stay connected to God's guidance through the steps. Watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear every single day and work steps 10, 11, 12. 10 is to keep it all cleaned up, 11 is to stay connected, and 12 is to give it away, give away what's been fr so freely given to me. And that's, it's simple. So that's my path every day. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Marie J. Wendy M. followed by Marin K. Uh, yes, good morning, Wendy M., recovered in Boulder, Colorado, and so happy to be on the line this morning with all of you, and I thank God for entire abstinence this morning. Sylvia, thank you for your service, and again, everybody on the line. So the word that popped out for me is um, sensitiveness, and it turns out I've, what I've heard in, in this program is that we're a sensitive lot, right? So if somebody looks at me wrong, like literally a bare little minimum look at me wrong, I need to call like 10 people, right? I am such a sensitive lot, and I bristle if I'm uncomfortable, you know. But I, I, I do an entire four-step if someone just looks at me wrong. That's the sensitiveness. I really understand that um, and the unreasoning prejudice. And, and, and you know, I don't know what I don't know, and then I realize that I'm in a situation, and I go, oh, my God, I'm prejudiced in this situation. Um, 
and that gets uncovered. It just constantly gets uncovered. But the thing that I really want to focus on is faced with alcoholic destruction. We soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we did on other questions. And um, thank God, thank God this disease is so destructive that I will become open-minded, you know. And, um, and the other piece is this alcohol was a great persuader. It beat us into a state of reasonableness. That's one of my favorite lines. You know, and if I have a sponsee and, and, you know, it turns out they don't want what I've got, uh, friends of mine will say, don't worry, the disease will per- finally persuade them. I don't have to persuade anyone. The disease will beat them into a state of reasonableness. And that is what happened to me. I was desperate enough, and I hope, dear God, if you're on the line and you're having a rough ride, that you get to this desperation, this destruction, this horribleness that will finally open up your mind, will finally be a great persuader, and it'll beat us into a state of reasonableness. And this is, thank God, this is the good news that, that, that this uh, paragraph brings, you know, that I have to be in enough pain, right, to do the deal. I've got to be in enough pain. And when I work with someone, the first question I ask is, are you desperate? Are you willing to go to any length? And I, dear God, hope hope, hope that they are, because that will bring us to a great persuasion that we will finally do this deal. Um, so I hope that everybody on the line has that sense of desperation so that, in fact, you will go that next step and do the deed. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Wendy M. Marin K. followed by Miranda. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you, everybody, shared. Um, I I do like this paragraph. Um, besides the seemingly inability to accept much on faith, we often found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasonable prejudice. You know, I don't think that I didn't have a God when I was using. Um, I was 60 pounds once. I uh, 10 times a day bulimic, uh, compulsive overeater. You know, I started out as a compulsive overeater. I consider myself a compulsive overeater. I wouldn't have never started those other parts unless I I was a compulsive overeater. Um, I believed I had a God in my life, but I never, I didn't have the access to getting better. And I tried, I went in and out of eight different hospitals. And um, it wasn't until I used this big book along with a sponsor and then outside help that I got better. And once I sat down and read this big book with my sponsor, I found my higher power because within these words in the big book, I found it to be, in a way, a book where I could find my higher power. Um, but it wasn't until I got really desperate that I said the serenity prayer and then actually had a miracle happen. But uh, it says, faced with alcohol destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we did on other questions. Uh, you know, I um, I just became willing after so much terrible, terrible stuff happening to me that I turned my will and my life over to God. And it took a long time, a really, really long time. But once I did it, it worked. And I have some areas in my life that I have not been turning over to God. And I am still dealing and battling. And I know that I need to turn my will and my life over. And if it worked the way it worked, 20, I'm 24 years abstinent as of yesterday. 
And if it worked 24 years ago for me to be abstinent from my terrible illness, it must work on other things. We have to believe that. God is bigger than our illness. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Maureen Kay. And Miranda, and if you could give us the uh, first letter of the last name. Okay, sure thing. Can you hear me okay? I can. Great, thank you. So my name is Miranda S. and S as in Sam. And I am a, oh, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. Um, throughout the entire reading of this paragraph, the word that immediately came to my mind and stayed there was humility. And I'm thinking of it with a recovered mind, and that's very different than how this paragraph would have read to me before I was recovered. And it's so interesting and, and painful because the humility that's needed even to identify into program, and then the humility that's needed to start to work program. And it's so, it can feel so difficult to, to, to have that humility when, when we're so used to relying on ourselves and our minds and, and the ways to like think through and solve problems. Um, so what I was thinking too is, you know, if we want to be recovered, and so often we hear folks struggling who really want recovery, and we hear the earnestness in their voice and the pain that they're experiencing, or they want it, but without humility, and humility maybe could be, you know, similar to the idea of, of surrender, you know, maybe it precedes it, but without that, it, the, the want alone will, you know, without the humility is a barrier to the open-mindedness that it says here. Faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became open-minded on spiritual matters. So if we get to a place of, of naming honestly that our lives are being destroyed by food, then maybe that humility and the ability to surrender will happen. But if our self is getting in the way of us being humble, that open-mindedness will be fleeting, you know, and we may not find out right away. We may not find out till step three, and then we, you know, we need to start over. Um, and the last thing is, you know, I like the line, it finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. And I think this description is um, powerful because the physicality of it is, is something that I experienced. And so I, I, I like that it names the sense of just being defeated, not only emotionally and spiritually, but also physically. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you all. Thank you, Miranda S. Okay, we're on page 47, last sentence on the page, which begins besides a seeming, in, in a seeming inability to accept much on faith. And I'm going to take a list of names. Gen Z. Gen Z. Who else? It's quiet out there. Shay H. Tammy uh, Shay? S. Is that Shay H? Yes. Yes. Okay. S. Shay H. Okay. Marilyn T. Tammy S. Okay. Uh, I've got Marilyn. I've got a timer going off here. One second. One second. I think that's me and not anybody else. Okay. So I've got Gen Z, Shay S, Marilyn. Who else? Emmy S. Uh, I can't. I can't quite hear Emmy S. 
Tammy S. Tammy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's me, not you. Who else? Sherry KB. Sherry, thanks. I know you all are out there. Anybody else before I stop? It's a good day for sharing if you've been scared to get on the line. No pile on happening. Wow, okay. Gen Z, Shay S, Marilyn, Tammy S, Sherry KB. If I got anything wrong, just correct it when you get on. Gen Z, you start, followed by Shay S. Thank you. My name is Gen Z. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. I have 30 days of uh, entire abstinence under my belt. Thank you, God. And um, what what I'm uh, learning is that I'm coming to believe that this disease is actually quite a blessing for me. <clears throat> I've come to believe that my God has created me and designed me to worship God. And uh, I believe he intended it to be himself. But along the way, I've changed those gods to food, to other people, to, uh, you know, what my family, what my parents think of me. And um, for a long time, 30 plus years, I've served other gods. And uh, for 30 years, one of those gods has been food. Um, And my life was a disaster. Uh, It was an absolute mess. I carried a lot of baggage with me because of that. And it took, I believe, this disease to write that in my mind because the food was not helping me. Um, You know, people-pleasing was not helping me. Um, Seeking approval of others was not helping me. It was actually tearing me down. And um, it, it took this drastic, baffling, cunning, insidious disease to uh, finally bring me to my knees and seek the God that I was supposed to serve from the beginning, the one that uh, designed me to serve him. And, um, I, and I am looking at this disease as a blessing now, even though I never thought I would. I'm looking at this disease as a blessing because it has righted all the wrongs uh, for the past 30 years in that I'm finally serving the God I was supposed to serve all along. Um, and I pray that all of you at some point, if you have not yet gotten there, can view this disease while you're in recovery as the true blessing um, that it is. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Gen Z. Shay S. <laughs> followed by Marilyn. And I don't have your last initial. But go ahead, Shay. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. It's Fay, F-A-Y, like in Frank. Faye. Well, I wasn't even close. Thank you. <laughs> That's good. Um, I'm, uh, my name is Faye, and I am two days abstinent back from a very short relapse, but I just wanted to share. I don't usually share at all, but I wanted to say that if anyone thinks that they can go back out there and manage it, even though my relapse was not, I didn't go all the way. I was there for two months. My insanity was so great this time, and it was all mental twist. 
it wasn't the food. I wasn't running around eating a bunch of stuff that I wasn't supposed to. It was the constant thinking that something out there that I could find was going to make me feel better. And I had no idea. I've heard this in the meetings before that we have eat for the effect. It's not necessarily the food. Like I overate on, you know, potatoes, something or anything, but it wasn't like I was in my, you know, sugar, but it, I got myself, I was so filled up and I kept eating on top of not, I didn't know I was full and I kept eating and my stomach hurt and it hurt and it was like a brick inside. And I said, you know what? This is a very, very deadly disease. And so thank goodness my higher power said, okay, are you willing? Are you ready to do it the way they say to do it this time? And so finally I did. Two days ago I said, that's it. I know I can never win over this disease. I've been in here and in and out for two or three decades. So I'm so grateful and thank you all for being here. And I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Faye S. Marilyn, when you check in, give me your uh, initial of your last name. This is Marilyn T. from California, a recovering compulsive overeater. Oh, based on faith. Um, the inability to accept on faith, yes, that, and we found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitivityness, and unreasonable prejudice. Being able to put those down, you got, for me, um, with faced with alcoholic destruction, um, I had to become open-minded on spiritual matters. I had to believe in a power greater than myself. I had to surrender on a gut level that I could not fix myself no matter how I thought I could. Um, the selfishness, the self-will run riot for me. Um, but the one thing... I wanted to talk about too is that your recovery, your connection to your higher power has to be number one, no matter what else is going on in your life. I recently had a situation where kind of overwhelmed by life on life's terms and missed a call um, with my sponsor. And it, the bottom line is it doesn't really matter what's happening in my life. I have to really put everything has to come after this program, my God, and my abstinence. I cannot let life, as it gets away from us, uh, pull you away from here. And it was luckily brought home and abundantly clear that my life depends on this. And it's a red flag when that happens in your life. And I am will be forever grateful to my sponsor and to this program for the blessings that I've received and I never want to be away from it. And that was my cat agreeing with me. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Marilyn. It's your cat. Tammy S. Followed by Sherry KB. Start one, Tammy. Can't hear Thank you. Yet. you. Thank okay, you. there you go. Yeah, this is Tammy S. in California. Very grateful to be here. I'm newer to Vision for You and very excited with all the passion and the recovery on this line. And I, I hear, you know, I look 
reading and I think about believing or as one of my sponsors had said, acting as if, even if we're not actually knowing for sure at all times uh, that we believe, being willing to believe. And I remember being so caught up in thinking the, the secret was I needed to find surrender, needed to find surrender. But what I realized before walking into these rooms is that I was doing like I was doing with pretty much everything else in my life, trying to control the act of, you know, being a parent, you know, being a leader, you know, being a wife, like all these things. And this, again, was another thing on my list that, okay, I'm going to take this, I'm going to going to manage it, I'm going to control it, I'm going to like beat it into submission. But yet, that's not really surrender. It's almost as if I was tightening up more around it and, and not really understanding I don't have the ability to surrender. It's only with higher power, only with God, God can give me that Re, you know, relief, God can give me that ability to surrender. I cannot find it myself, just like I cannot find abstinence. I cannot find the life that I fully want and unlock everything. You know, surrender is only going to come when I'm on my knees and I'm, you know, able to really work on that, that belief. And that's really what I've been focusing on. And for the last three days, it has just been an absolute miracle. And I know it's God working through me. It's not me doing something. And it feels amazing. And I just know I need to put my ego and my fear and keep putting that aside, giving it up to God in hopes that he will remove those defects of character when, when it's time. And I'm just very, very grateful for this this call in these rooms and helping me break through on that because I thought it was yet another thing on my action item list that I was going to conquer control and massively succeed in and I see now that that is not the point at all and with that I will pass. Thank you Tammy S. Sherry KB. Good morning Sylvia. Good morning everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you so much for your service and everybody on the line. Welcome, newcomers. Um, you know, I'm, I, I love these paragraphs because it's, it's very, um, there's incredible directions here. It says, the first thing that jumped out at me is that, you know, it's telling me that um, the inability to accept on faith um, that it's a handicap for me and that obstinacy means self-willed resistance. And so... You know, that reminds me, that's my disease. That's the voice of my disease is my self-will. And, you know, here I am being told that, you know, Sherry, you've got to put the food down. You've got to believe in a power greater than yourself. And, you know, if you've got this, this unreasonable thinking and this prejudice, it's got to be abandoned. And that's, that's a direction right here. It says this sort of thinking had to be abandoned. Because no human aid is going to relieve me of my compulsive overeating because I've tried for so many years and I can't do it. And so it's telling me I have to cast aside these feelings um, because I will continue to face compulsive overeating destruction if I don't. Um, you know, and I've learned from people on these lines for years that, you know, yes, I have to put the food down 100 percent 
and get into this work immediately because what happens is I put the food down. I start feeling better. I get on a pink cloud. I'm feeling good. The mental obsession left for a little while, and, you know, the cravings are down. So I'm feeling good. It's like, hey, I got this thing. I can do this. But you know what happens? What happens is the mental obsession creeps back in, and then I'm picking up the food again. And it's a vicious cycle, and I've done it for years. And because of getting into this work and uh, getting into the step work and getting a connection and getting unblocked from my higher power, you know, I, I'm, I, the food is down. I'm, I'm abstinent happily. But if I don't, you know, face my, I'll call it destruction, by putting the food down, getting connected with a power greater than myself, I'm going to be in this vicious cycle for the rest of my life. And you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't want compulsive overeating to be the great persuader. I would rather my higher power be the great persuader. And, you know, I don't want to, I want to stop beating myself up with this food and beating myself up with a fork. And so, you know, here it is. It's laid at my feet. I have a choice, door number one or door number two. And I'll definitely take the steps in God because it keeps getting better and better and better instead of worse and worse and worse. And you can have this too. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Sherry KB. Okay. We're still on page 47, last sentence on the page, uh, besides the seeming inability to accept much on faith. And I probably have time for about four more people. Leah S. Leah S. That's right. Yes. Who else? Terry H. Terry H. Jen A. Jen A. Okay, well, we'll go with that for now. Leah S., Terry H., Jen A. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so very much. Thank you for your service. This is Leah S., a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Brooklyn. So um, we're talking about uh, spirituality, and we're talking about we are agnostics. It so much speaks to me, and... um, uh, once you get abstinent and uh, the the uh, character defects that that are, that I have do not miraculously just go away. They keep cropping up because I am who I am. If I don't work on them, if I don't do my ten steps, if I don't keep um, spreading what my miracles are. And so this is what I am coming to do. I'm coming to tell you that there are miracles. Um, Things did not go my way. And I, I am so aware. And why am I so aware of my behavior and wondering at myself, Leah, why aren't you in a temper mode? You know, they, 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 they judge you this way. They judge you that way. No, they don't. It's all in your mind, Leah. It's all about the change, how I see it now. It's that intuitiveness that God has given me, and it is the truth. And as I was thinking about something that in the past I had been judged, in the past I had been criticized, I said, no, 
No, Leah, you are now full of God and love and kindness. So see the kindness in this situation right now. And as I was thinking it, the other people were commenting, you know what, this is exactly what happened. And I was so I was so mind-boggled because, my goodness, I didn't even voice the negativity. I didn't say anything. I just thought about it. And then I thought it was like an inner battle in my mind where I was going towards negativity, and then I was going, no, you're not in that mode anymore. And then the other person is saying, this is exactly what happened the way I judge them favorably. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is so remarkable. This program of recovery is not only about abstinence. It's not only about spirituality. It's not only about maintaining and abstaining. It's also about your own true miracles that you can talk about and you can spread. That this is this clarity would never have gotten to me had I not been in this program. And it's it's constantly reviewing and 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 just Thanks. you know accepting. Thank you so very much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. Terry H. Followed by Jen A. Hi everyone. My name is Terry H. I recover compulsive eater, bulimic, anorexic in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Um, beautiful day. So excited. Um, yeah, we agnostics in in this piece. Um, I just know for me in my recovery that I could not do it and no one, no human person could help me. And, you know, I could just say over and over and over again, you know, working these steps, abstinent, putting that food down abstinent and working the steps gave me an opening to my higher power. I cleared those blocks. You know, and whatever it was for me, it was my higher power for me. Not my sponsor's higher power, no one else on the line's higher power, no one in the face-to-face meeting's higher power, but my higher power for me. That was outside of me and not me. You know, and just that connection with that, my higher power, who I call God, um, has just opened up so many possibilities and so many doors for me in my life today. And, you know, it's nice when someone reflects that back to you because sometimes I'm not able to see it as clearly, you know, the changes that I make. And so, you know, I had to be willing. I had to be willing to show up. I had to be willing to look at things differently. I had to be willing to um, look outside of me. And, you know, with that, you know, I was able to work these steps and connect to a higher power, which, which helped, you know, remove the, my character defects and remove my um, mental obsession regarding compulsive eating and bulimia and anorexia. You know, I'm so grateful for that. And today, you know, I'm traveling to Charleston, South Carolina to do a 10K race, the Cooper Bridge Run. It's beautiful outside. I'm able to enjoy the day Um, enjoy the freedoms that I have and not be in my disease, isolating, hiding, and stuffing my face and purging and restricting. And, man, what a life it is. 
So, you know, for the newcomers, it is well worth it. Put down the food, get a sponsor, and work the steps because life is out there for you to grasp onto joyous, happy, and free. And thanks. I share iPad. Thank you, Terry H. And Jen A. Good morning, Sylvia. Can I be heard? There you go. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Sylvia. Thank you so much today for uh, being of service and for everybody on the line. Oh, boy. So um, when I come into program, right, I have to think of, of different stories that relate to this. And the story that relates to me this morning is um, everybody talks about do it like your hair's on fire, right? Like go through this program. Um, and that, you know, I'm, I'm truly, truly sick. And if I don't get well, I'm going to die of this disease. And um, I firsthand saw that. I lost someone I deeply love um, uh, to anorexia. So as a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic today, I can honestly say that um, what saved me was the, uh, the firefighter in the burning building. Um, if I think about that, if I'm in a burning building, and somebody comes in and they reach out their hand to me and that hand can be a person, that hand could be God, that could be a sponsor, that could be an idea, that could be something that they read in this book. Um, I'm going to grab onto that hand. Um, I'm not going to sit there and fight and argue with the person that's trying to save my life or the way out. And for step number two, for me, um, I, you know, I hear a lot that um, people resist, right? We're resisting um, this higher power or this thought of perhaps um, coming to believe that there's something bigger than me. And I just know that I remember texting someone and going, so how do I surrender in step two? <laughs> they laughed at me. And now I laugh at myself because surrendering is not an action, it's moving out of uh, God's way, moving out of my way to put God in the way or your higher power. It's yielding. It's giving up. It's submitting. It's abandoning. It's resigning my thoughts, everything that I think. I'm not going to fight with that firefighter trying to get me out of that building. I'm going to give up. I'm going to say, take me out of here. Save my life. That is how desperate I am. And that's how desperate I was in this disease. And I was desperate enough in the food. I was desperate enough in the binging and purging. I was desperate. And I had to have something, somebody, some way out. And this, these steps give me that way out. So once I put down that food, and like she talked about earlier, somebody said earlier, the pink cloud. The pink cloud is a great place to be for a short while. For a short while because it gives me a glimpse of hope. And then I have to get to the work, and I have to do this program like I am drowning, like I'm going to die. Um, and, the, and the biggest thing for me is that I have come to believe that I am incapable, that I am stubborn, and that I am blind um, to what the truth is. And so for me, um, surrendering and coming to believe in a power greater than myself was an organic process. I had to just free my mind, and the rest would follow. So, um, you know, if you're out there today and you're in step two, um, just let it happen. Don't try and make it happen. Um, thanks, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. I have time for a two-minute share if anybody would like to step up. This is Kat, K-A-T. Um, Kathy Jo P. Okay, we've got Kat. Kathy Jo, we'll another time. So, Kat, go ahead. Um. 
Hi, my name is Kat in Florida. Um, I'm a recovering compulsive eater. And, I mean, on a daily basis, I need to abandon myself to God and this program because in my heart, I'm still an addict and still have that defiance. And, you know, some days I wake up more connected than others and I have to make sure that I work on my connection to a higher power and stay connected with my network and my sponsor and, you know, be rigorously honest um, because I am abstinent from binging, from binging and purging. And when I've relapsed a few times and the last time I relapsed, I was desperate and willing to do anything and go to any length. And now um, I'm at a point where I'm abstinent, but there's still, um, you know, I still have my feelings, anxiety, and, you know, I'm on a daily basis have to work with that. And I just recently started listening to a vision. Um, Again, I've been working the program I mean, face-to-face, but um, it just really helps me to do the 10 steps. Um, just kind of gets me out of my own way and more connected to a higher power because I just want to make it all about me, about my problems, my bills, X, Y, Z, and I need to remember to help someone else. Um, and I find you can do that at any point in your recovery, in, like, you can have 30 days, you can have two days, there's always someone else to help, and, um, I'm also at this point where I'm like, am I still eating food for an effect? I'm abstinent, and I have a food plan, but are there foods on my food plan that give me an effect, and because I find it becomes very subtle with the food, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, I feel really grateful for this meeting, be back on again, because it's really, just reinvigorating my program. So um, thanks so much for our coverage. Bye. Thanks. Thank you, Kat. And thank you to everyone who has shared, and thank you to Team Thursday. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Robin Joe B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you so much. This is Robin Joby from Missouri and recovered by God's grace and for his glory. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Thank you.